this is um, another podcast in my third series now, On the Sofa with Rouge. I'm here with um, a gentleman called Ian Dawson. Now, I met Ian in a very funny way uh, because I overheard a conversation, actually. That's how I, I don't know if I told you this, Ian. Oh, the secrets are coming out. <laughs> so I thought this would be funny. So I was at a party. I was feeling very down. Uh, my daughter had just gone to study, which is how I met, how we started um, this, uh, me coming to see you. And um, I was very low, feeling very, very down, as a lot of people are when their children leave the nest. It, I think it's quite a normal thing, but when it's you, then you're kind of a little stuck. So I was stuck. That was, that's a good way to put it. Uh, and I was at this party, and this this friend of ours that we have in common was recommending your services to somebody else. Was recommending that there was this very um, nice man who was um, involved in a different kind of therapy called EFT and NLP. Now I had had some of EFT before with with another okay. lady, and I already knew a little bit about it, but I. I thought maybe Ian, this Ian, can help me. So that's when I reached out to you. I got your number from this mutual friend of ours. And the rest is history, Ian. I, I honestly really wanted to have this conversation with you because I wanted other people to, to, to know what I've been through and how you've helped me in an incredible way because it all happens a little bit subconsciously without me actually realising that it's happening to a certain extent. Would you agree with me? I would do, Michelle. Yes, I would also say um, credit where credit's due. Um, you came with an attitude to make change. You were ready for change um, and you embraced it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important part of the process. You always told me at the beginning that that was half the problem. Half the problem is solved when you open yourself up to these things. Yes, when you reach out and ask for help, yeah, you've already help. taken a significant um, step forwards. And this is what I wanted other people to, to, to do if they are in the similar situation with any crisis, because I felt like I was having a crisis. I think it was all part of the menopause as well, which really kicked in as well. Yeah. Um, and I just felt awful. And even now when I have little setbacks like I, I do, and as you say, it's normal, um, the way I pick myself up is 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 much better. It's more coherent. It's more, it's more. Um, what's the word? I'm able to control my emotions, which were a little bit haywire. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad to hear that, Michelle. Um, I think that's. I mean, if we look at say, just take the EFT side of things. Yes. It stands for an emotional freedom technique, um, and. Really, uh, what that means is it, it gives you an ability to emotionally regulate yourself. Um, and that's a really, really useful life tool. Because whenever we're stressed or upset or concerned or frightened about something, all our alarm systems kick in. Yeah. And that raises our cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone. And then it's very, very hard to see the wood from the trees. Mm. So if you can just work on the one thing of bringing the cortisol down, which um, EFT does very effectively, and in about an hour, it brings it down about 40%. That gives you the opportunity to look at your problems from what's known as the, the meta position or an observer position without mm. all of those alarm systems kicking in. And as soon as you're able to process it on, on that level, it takes all of the sting out of it. It helps bring the individual trees into focus mm. without, without kicking off 
such frightening sensation. Yeah, because it is. It is frightening. Yeah, it's very, very real sensation. Very yeah. real. How did you get involved in all this? I mean, you are an Englishman. Yes. You are. Um, you've come in to live in Gibraltar, so you've been here for a while, I have. and now you're moving to Denmark. I am. So. How on earth did that happen? It's a convoluted story. Yeah. Um, I obviously, um, English guy born in the UK, a Norfolk boy, um, love the countryside. Um, but to um, short circuit a lot of the conversation mm. is I was working as a police officer in Portsmouth and I was running the um, nightclubs, pubs, licensed premises. And um, I got a visit by the ex-commissioner of police, Ian McGrail, who was an ah. inspector at the time. Okay. And he came to visit my department. And I took him on a night out in Portsmouth <laughs> in uh, all of the local pubs. Wow. Um, we managed to get ourselves involved in situations that required statements taken for the next day. So he was Gosh. very um, helpful in that regard. And, of course, he was flying the Gibraltar flag. And I was very interested because it was mm. in the middle of winter. I was very cold and miserable. Yes, and you thought... <laughs> and I thought, and it coincided, my ex-wife at the, at the time, she was um, a nurse in the Royal Navy. And the nurses only had one opportunity for what was known as a sunshine draft. And that was to Gibraltar. So I decided, okay, career break from the police yes. and come out to Gibraltar. Now, obviously, sadly... Um, Things unfolded, and um, you know the saying: your, your your issues in life tend to follow you around the world, wherever you are. And she decided she wasn't very happy with Gibraltar, and I loved it. Really, I loved it. Yeah, really? it was like the missing link for me. There's just a better way to do things, a yeah. ni- or a nicer way to exist. So, did you become a police officer here as well? For a short period, I was in the GDP here, okay. um, but it's a, a slightly different environment mm-hmm. to the, the police work that I was used to in the UK, so mm. kind of felt that it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's all part of a journey. Um, everything's mm. led up to this, you know, certainly from the NLP side of my trainings. What, what does NLP stand oh, for? Oh, I hate, hate the sound oh, of this one. It's Neuro Linguistic Programming. Okay. So, and, and it was just made up on a whim by Dr. Richard Bandler, who was one of the founders of it. Um, And if you ever do some research into him, he's quite a character, so it's no surprise. Um, But um, as part of my police training, I wasn't aware of it being an NLP skill, Mm. but one of the interview skills was obviously monitoring people and their reactions because obviously you're not allowed to get the thumb screws out or do anything like that. So you just mm-hmm. have to follow what you can see. And one of those was about eye movement and body postures. Um, so you were taught to talk about things that were unthreatening, um, monitor people's body postures and eye movements in those kind of unthreatening environments, mm. and then start drip feeding in the evidence that you have, and you would physically see a massive difference with in people. people. Yeah, so you. How interesting! It was very interesting wow. yeah. and very very effective. Yeah. Um, so, but I was unaware that that was an NLP skill at the time. Okay. Um, so then, then we fast forward um, to. Um, my work in Gibraltar. I spent a period of time working for myself. 
But then I started working for the Gibraltar government as the community service officer. Um, and obviously that's looking after offenders in the community that have been given a service order from the courts as part of their punishment. Um, and that's when my interest in kind of the coaching side of things kicked mm. more in. Of course, I could see that there was a lot of consistencies in their backgrounds, their childhoods, their home environments, um, that maybe that's no excuse for their behaviours, but certainly was a contributory factor. Um, and started going down the NLP route to tackle my time with them. They had to be with me. Might as well do something constructive while, while they can't escape. Yes. So you used, used to go to prison? No, no, oh. I didn't do any work well, they were, in the prison. They, they were out? No, these are the, the guys that are, are, and girls that are out in the community. Okay, so you were just helping them keep on the straight and well, narrow yeah, they had, Obviously, they had work to do as part of their punishment but let's make the best of it and see if we can do a little bit of coaching on the way i couldn't think of a a better person for that role why yeah because you're very calm and that's what you need when when people have issues or they're yeah i think so um you need you need to be a calming influence i suppose yes and uh, just somebody that can reflect with them Mm. but also challenge and hold them to Mm. account Mm. you know there's no freebies here you know, yeah. even within the therapeutic environment, you need to challenge people, yeah. hold them accountable, set them goals. So then what happened next? Well, then... you're not a policeman anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, <laughs> you stop being a policeman, but I don't think you ever really stop feeling like you're one. Um, but it was a, um, a, an amazingly useful career for getting a grip of the human psyche, dealing with mm. people in the, their worst no, crisis. Well, yes, I of mm. lives and also on the, the criminal side of things as well. You mm. know, you've seen and faced a lot of frightening situations yourself mm. um, and learned how you coped with that and processed that and things that might have been better and you would have liked to have gone differently. Mm. Were well. you able to help people? I mean, could you see that what you were doing with them was working? Within the police? Well, within your job as a, as a, a yes. community? Uh, yes, I mean... You know, over the many, many years, had lots of interactions that were, in my eyes, successful. Yeah. You know, there's one that springs to mind in the UK, a chap, a mature chap that that came to me um, one evening while I was just covering the station duty. And he had a, he'd basically been frog marched in by his wife who, who couldn't put up with him any longer because he'd been, you know, suffered his historical sex abuse. And he, he had, he had, as a child, oh. and he had nowhere to go with it. Um, and as is quite often normal, children tend to feel as though they're the cause, or they feel yes. a lot of guilt. Yes. And I kind of gave him a a one night only get out of jail free card, in the sense that if what you're about to disclose to me only affects you, I won't pull the rug from under your feet and progress the matter legally, I'll give you a choice in which way we, we go. And he said, well, on that basis, I would like to disclose what's happened and I'd like to hear your opinion. And I think really what he was asking for there is obviously the guy doesn't know me. He's yes. a uniformed police officer, a representative of the law. Was this my fault or, mm. or do the feelings I have have they come because this is all against the law because society just says it is for all of the 
reasons that don't need explaining. And, and I said to him, look, you've disclosed a lot to, to me, took a lot of notes in case I needed to at a later date. Mm. Said, you know, we're going to reconvene in a period of time. And we're mm. going to decide, having had some time for reflection on where you would like to go with this. And for him, that was what he needed to do to make progress. He needed to know that society disapproved of that. He wasn't the guilty party. And that was enough to just change things enough in his life to start taking a different perspective. But also within my work in Gibraltar, um, you know, we can't expect miracles. We mm. have to be prepared for people to try, fail, try, fail, and continue on that cycle until the, the circumstances come together. Yeah. But certainly I've had situations where I've had a young guy confined to the van with me while we're working and I've done an hour's worth of coaching while he can't escape. And the next week he's gone out and found work. Yes, gosh. And, and has been out of work, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> constantly. So from this point in when you um, you leave your job and then you decide that you're going to do this full time, that you want to train to become a therapist. Yes, Yes, it got to a point where I thought um, this this is just aligns with all my values of yeah. what I stand for as a human being, yeah. what, what Ethic, I want to leave behind when yes. I'm no longer here, what yes. I'd like to be remembered for. Yes. Um, so you had to like stop and think and analyze and and decide. Yes, yes and then make a scary and make decision. A, and you made a scary decision. <laughs> yes, yeah. But that's when you asked yourself, why why bother? At some point, you must exactly. Have, no? Why bother? That's why I'm calling this that. It's a very, very good question. Mm. Why bother? Um, because it, a, a lot of it's, you know, you've just get this gut feeling that yes. there's something out on the horizon mm. that would fit me better, mm. where my nature would be better aligned to mm. what I'm doing, and I need to start that myself. When I'm lying as an old man dribbling away in the old people's home, <laughs> yeah. what have I done in my life that I'm happy about? You know, yes. what and, am I responsible this, for? This must give you a lot of joy. I mean, it's hard work in the sense that you're dealing with a lot of negativity the whole time, I suppose, or negative or, or people with problems. So Yes, you, the, you do... Um, a lot of people bring that point yeah. up to me, actually. Because um, that must be hard. Because I've got there's somebody in my life who's quite negative, and you know, it's like trying to trying to get over that and just yes. you know, when they're old and and they're a bit gone. Of, of course, from um, <clears throat> a therapeutic perspective, what you're often trying to do with people with their issues is get them into a what's called a meta position, so an observer mm. position. Mm because that detaches you from the motion. That's just one step of detachment that helps calm yourself down. And from my position as a therapist, when I'm working with people, I'm in that position. So I'm not emotionally involved mm. in the same way. Mm -hmm. But also as part of maintaining my registration, I am supervised by another prof professional person who's skilled in supervising other therapists. Okay. So we have a place to go to process well. and grow and evolve. Yeah. Surely that that, that 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 is quite an important thing in, in if you're a therapist because it, you need to get it out as well. 
It's, you can't, I mean, you can do whatever you practice with others. You can do yourself, like the yes. breathing and, yes. and the tapping and all yes. that. But yeah. it's good to, to be able to talk as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And also enjoy the inspiration and perspectives yeah. of other Somebody people's else. ideas. Exactly. Who exactly. are able to, re to reflect because they, they weren't there in the moment. So how long have you been a therapist in Gibraltar or practicing, lear you know, learning? Well, it's been quite a long process. Um, and... You know, the thing I enjoy about this is that it's a never-ending process. This, this is a, yeah. a pathway where my therapeutic muscle is going to continue to grow for the rest of my life. It's one of the reasons I chose this pathway at this time of life, obviously at 51 plus, thinking about what I'm going to be physically capable of in 20 mm. years' time. And also, I mean, with COVID, I guess you were able to do this. You're able to do this online now, which is what yes. was never done before. Yes. You, if you wanted to see a therapist or a doctor, you'd go and you'd make an appointment yes. face to face. But that's a really COVID's good point. changed a lot of things. It has. In in obviously there was massive amounts of negativity, but I think there's been a lot of it evolution in how we work mm. and connect with mm. people. And certainly, I was very, very dubious about doing this kind of work online. Yeah. Until I realized that, you know, for example, some of my clients in the UK, that 3,000 whatever kilometer gap actually allowed them to feel a little bit safe. So so it yeah. just provided some kind of safety net for them Yeah. Um, that, that was beneficial. And now as you're moving to Denmark... You'll be able to carry on with your clients. Yes. When you're there, your clients yes. in Gibraltar, because I'm sure. Yes, there's, I'm. There's I'm. Few. I mean, I must stress, I'm not saying goodbye to Gibraltar. No, I know. You know. I, you know, the place gets under your skin. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping a place down here. <clears> so I'll be backwards and forwards regularly, and I'm really looking forward to that, especially That's during good. those cold months, months in Denmark. Yeah. I know it'll yeah. be cold. Ian, do you do you come across a lot of people in Gibraltar who have problems? I mean, compared to other places, Tumblet, wherever you were in England, um, you know, what's the percentage of people, or is it younger people, older people? I couldn't put um, any percentage comparisons. There's just too many factors mm. at, at, at play there um but probably the, well definitely the most common mental health issues are anxiety and depression that makes up over 70 percent of people's issues mm. and i think that would be fair to say in gibraltar um anxiety seems to be the the most prevalent one i one. deal with that's that's the mm. biggie um, and why do you think people suffer from anxiety? It's... I, mean, I know it's a bit of a general question. It is a general question, but um, human beings are, are wired yeah. to observe for danger. It's, obviously, it's a survival mechanism. And when those systems go into dysregulation and they're sort of mm. looking too hard for danger... That's when the anxiety kicks in. It, it's uh, the, the fight or flight. The mode fight or always, flight mode. You always fight, well, it's that. the fight, flight, fear or flop. Is is the full range that gets kicked into with mm. that. And if you're scanning just a little bit too much for issues that might be a problem, your cortisol levels are just going to be raised 
And when you've got your raised cortisol levels, you kick into a cycle. So mm. now I've reduced my capacity to process this logically. So now I feel more anxious. Now my heart rate is increasing. Yeah. My breathing's increasing. That inspires my brain to think, oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. And you spiral into that. Yeah, it's the physical reaction to a, to a thought, maybe. Yes, I mean, definitely. that's what happens to me. Definitely. There, you yeah. know, the, the, the brain has this um, fantastic function to, it's not really able to distinguish between reality and a vividly imagined Situation. experience yeah. or thought. Yeah. So, so th this is why the, the EFT and the NLP work mm. so well, because it, it works very much with those physical sensations and emotions. Um, because the two states can't exist together. So, for example, you can't have all of the physical symptoms of anxiety when your brain is really calm and relaxed mm. and vice versa. So <clears throat> it's definitely with the EFT, we work towards looking at those um, physiological sensations and approaching and dealing with those mm. and, and helping kick in all of the positive hormones that put you in the better place to then, you know, there's components of CBT within the EFT as well, mm. but it gets you into the better place to start processing things. So what is, I mean, explain, I know what it is because I've, I've lived it with you. Yes. Um, just explain for people who are listening, what is it that you do exactly? Like if somebody comes in with an issue well, and a worry and an anxiety. Yes. We, let's just say as well with, um, the EFT, one of its principles is is generally the presenting issue is is not the full picture. Yeah. There's always something behind it. Mm. Perhaps the best way to explain that is um, a lady uh, that approached me from the UK and she said, Ian, I'm having dreadful trouble sleeping and I live over a bar and they're really, really noisy and I'm mm. really agitated and I can't sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep is, is my issue. Well, we worked and explored and using the EFT um, to bring the cortisol levels down, which is tapping on the acupressure points. Um, and yeah. it starts with, a, with an affirmation. So even though I'm having trouble sleeping, I really love and respect myself. And we tap around with that and we allow the physical sensations to come up and ch we chase it. We chase whatever comes up and, uh, and deal with whatever comes up. Yeah. I like the FT because it doesn't sweep anything under the carpet. It, it, it all comes it, out. It brings those yeah. issues out. But what it transpired with her is she had had um, a very, very traumatic experience with the separation of her parents. And she had witnessed something as a seven-year-old, um, which is a very vulnerable age, age. to be in. Um, and she'd never had anywhere to process that. Mm. So underlying this sleep problem actually was this historical issue and, and that we, was the real problem. and that was yeah, yeah when we got to grips with that um you know it really opened up the relationship within her family made her feel a lot more connected mm. and she started sleeping like a baby and of course you know getting those basics in order like your sleep and your diet for your mental health yeah very are just that's where goes you start. Hand in hand. they all go yeah. hand in hand yeah, yeah. There's no one-stop solution to your emotional well-being. Mm. 
Um, and um, what, what have you learned along the way? What, what, Oh, I mean, you, you, you've learned lots of things along the way. That's a very good question. That's a very do you good know, question. But do you know what I mean? Like, what, what have I, you taken from all this for I've yourself? I've taken so much. Um, obviously, as you go through the required education for this, um, part of the process is self-reflection. That's an yeah. important part of the structure yeah. of going through this. And you can't help but reflect and boy, does it help put the missing pieces of the jigsaw into place. Those times of your mm. life where, you know, maybe you're not particularly proud of yourself or mm. where there's been some missed opportunities um, or how you've interacted with family and friends, where that's gone right, where that's gone wrong. It really gives you some clarity. You know, I had a, a client I was chatting with here last week and he just said, I wish I had a pound for every time somebody said this to me. Why has nobody ever taught me this before? <laughs> the knowledge is power. And some, sometimes just talking to people about how the brain works, how we're wired, that this isn't abnormal what you're feeling. This is a completely mm -hmm. normal yeah. response to what you've just experienced. Is it a chemical thing, like a lot of people say? It, it is. Chemi there's a lot of chemicals at play. You know, mm. it, it's why in in our language we have phrases like gut feeling. You know, a lot of the serotonin in our body is produced in the gut, something it's over 70%. Mm. Um, the heart has very similar um, cells to some of the cells that are in the brain. So, um, yes, there's a, there's a lot of chemicals at play. And we do have an ability to kickstart those chemicals ourselves. So You start by breathing. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's an, a, an exercise you and I have spent a lot of time with. <laughs> yeah. um, I never thought I could do that for like half an hour, but we've... Yeah, well, it's time well, in, it's time well invested. For me personally, which is why I, I wanted to do this, it, it's just changed everything. I think of things in a different way. I know that... What I'm going through is normal. I go with my, rather than suppress them and think, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel like this? It's exactly what you say. Like you have the thought and the thought process and suddenly it just, you feel the cortisol like rising from like within you. And then suddenly it's there and you're like, what do I do with this now? You just feel awful. Yes. So you stop breathing, which yes. is what I do now. And I'm able to get myself back to sleep. I'm able to control, you know, my but emotions. That, that's... Um a good example of the work and commitment that you've put into this because you've approached this like training for a marathon, which is something you need to do with your emotional well-being, And the, uh, the neural pathways it, that, that go on in the brain, if, if we look at them as like a field of corn, flowing field of corn that's ripe, the first time you practice an ex exercise like the breathing techniques, um, it's like you've walked through this field of corn and there's some disturbance to the corn, but you can't really see it. It's not clearly mm. established. But the more you practice it, the more vivid that pathway through becomes yeah. and, and the more accessible that comes to your brain until you get to the point that you are so well versed with this that even just 
marking that moment and thinking, I'm going to do some breathing now because I feel a bit anxious, it super fast kicks in because mm-hmm. your brain has learned how to do it. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, I, just one little thing quickly. I, I One thing you told me before you're going to have a difficult conversation, which is nearly every day, do your breathing and approach it like you would get into the cold water. Um, when I go swimming at the weekends, yep. <laughs> the really cold water, and um, and I do, and it's and it's helped a lot actually. I'm glad to hear that. It's helped a lot. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, definitely, what you what you preach is 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 definitely working on me anyway. And I hope other people listen and other people take something from it. I want to know where are you going next with this? I mean, I know you're moving to Denmark, but are you, you're going to carry on. Yes. Um... Very fortunate um, to be uh, starting up a business. We'll be based in Denmark, um, but mm. we'll be online. Um, my partner, she's an amazing coach in her own right, ex-private um, banker, has been all her life. Um, and uh, she's effectively going to be my my business manager. Um, and we're going to set up uh, kind of, we want to access more people, mm. you know, that, it's okay uh, working one-to-one, which is what I absolutely thoroughly enjoy, but I'd like to access as many people as possible. Um, so have so, like, group, like groups, workshops? Yeah, or... do group work. I mean, this is what I love about the EFT is, um, is you don't have to disclose the issues That's to right. the therapist. That's right. So um, because... I know for sure the minute if we were to talk about something uncomfortable and your brain goes there, Mm. all of your fight or flight systems, your alarm bells kick in and you're feeling it and visualizing it and internalizing it as if Mm. it was going on. So you don't need to tell me. We can just work with it. And that works very well online. Um, It also works very well in group settings. You know, it's very nice to work in a group because as human beings, we Mm. have this thing called the limbic system, which helps us connect and feel connection with each other so there's a borrowed benefit to working with other people as well so to answer the question um we're going online with it um and i think the the approach that i'm most interested in in pursuing is the depression the Mm. anxiety um the ptsd um i don't really like the d in that i don't really consider it disorder for somebody to have reacted the way they have um and i enjoy working with phobias as well i really enjoy working with phobias. it's interesting I, I haven't told you i've got a phobia balloon phobia a balloon phobia mm. somebody exploded one in my face when i was little yeah and i can't go near a balloon and i can't go near fireworks yeah i literally have a panic attack and pass out okay it's okay. happened to me twice before okay so well <laughs> that's another thing we can it's work quite interesting. On. we're only born it's with two so everything else we've ah. learned so we're, we're b- born with the fear of loud noises and falling. Everything else we learn or get taught, perhaps more precisely, mm. on the way. So that okay. tells you there's ways to unlearn. Okay, The last lady I worked with um, on phobias with spiders, she, oh, was, she was in the UK. And I got back in touch with her afterwards to say, how's it been going? Oh, I'm not so sure, Ian, but I have <laughs> been picking up spiders and taking them outside and talking to them about oh returning them to their, their families. Uh, so she's cured. We'd make some progress there. Yes, for sure. So Ian, thanks a lot. It's been a, a great insight. I hope other people have um, will listen to this and get the same um, 
well, the same as I've got from it. Uh, I've, I've obviously been coming to see you, but um, other people, it's going to be the first time they hear you. So hopefully they'll get in touch with you. I want to ask you one very last question. Okay. But how can people get in touch with you? At the moment, because I'm in a little bit in limbo, yeah. I think we'll leave it at my email address. Yes. Which is my name in reverse. So Dawson Ian. Yeah. Zero one at gmail.com. Okay. Or through me. Or if anybody through you, wants to get in touch with you. Through yeah. you. Yeah. You've got my number. You can yeah, I'll hand send you that out as you, as you <laughs> see fit. I have. Okay. Good. I will. Um, one question that I'm asking all my guests. If you were on a desert island and you could choose one person to be with, or, or maybe two, who would you who would you like to be there with you? Well, of course, my partner. Yeah, that's what you've got here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a dead man if I gave any different answer and you chose to that. Anybody else? So, yeah. who else would go with me? Some inspirational people, I think. Hmm, that's a good <clears throat> question. Very good question. But I think I would, if I'm pushed, probably. My mentor and good friend, Kath Temple. She's a well-known name in Gibraltar. She is, she is. Yeah. Yes. She'd be great company, I know that. Good. Thanks a lot. It's been wonderful to chat to you. And thank and you for the invitation, Michelle. Thank you. Not at all. You've been listening to Series 3 of my podcast, which is called Why Bother?, It's a question I've often asked myself, and I'm sure you have too, and I wanted to speak to people about their journeys to success, why they've bothered. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a big thank you too to artist Beatrice Garcia for designing the podcast icon. Her website is beatricegarcia.com. Thank you for listening, and please like and rate the show. And should you want to get in touch, my email is rougechip at gmail.com.